Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. Those of you who uh, had uh, <laughs> the website powered up earlier, you heard a, uh, a great rendition of uh, myself speaking about testing, 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 and hopefully... Uh, we are being heard by you, and we pray that you are you are blessed, and that this is a a very good day in your in your walk. Um, I do uh, I do want to to thank all of you for your continued faithfulness to the work that God has given to you. And um, I'm, I'm just amazed that, um, man, we've, we've been at this for a long, long time, haven't we? And uh, uh, it, it kind of is amazing in a lot of ways because, oh, you know, I, I I try to to take a very pragmatic view of what God has given to us and I I've studied a lot of different visitations of the spirit a lot of different movements that have happened in um in the history of the way God visits people and um most of them even though they have an impact that's lasting, they don't uh, they don't really last for very long. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I'm so grateful for what God has invested into all of us in the way He has done it. Yes, we've seen lots of changes over the years, but. The, the essential, the essential uh, factor in any kind of visitation of the Spirit is found in the lasting impact of that visitation and why God sent it. What We may not understand everything that was accomplished, but... We do know that every visitation, every, quote, revival, is, um, that's truly from God. I'm not just, I'm not minimizing this, but I'm not simply speaking about having an evangelist come in and a lot of people getting saved. I'm talking about a true impartation of the Spirit that apostolically releases something fresh and new. When God does that, uh, it impacts a, a time frame. It's like a delivery that is supplying or setting the stage for something, something further. And, um, I, I just, I just, am thankful to the Lord 
for um, the ways that God has blessed all of us. I'm very thankful to the Lord for the gifts that he's given and for the, the lasting practices based on Scripture and understandings of the Scripture that have not only impacted us but have become a, a, a mode of behavior and a mode of, of service. And um, I just, uh, I, I'm just amazed by the way God has allowed for this visitation, this life-altering pursuit of being saints, the way he has allowed it to impact the nations to this point. And, you know, you know, I was uh, reading a lot the past couple of days about the histories of movements. I mentioned this a few minutes earlier and was marveling at various things that God visited in, um, in the world and <clears throat> how those visitations, albeit short-lived, um, impacted something that then God did next or something that uh, changed the fabric of the spirit realm. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we talk a lot about the, the Pentecostal movement here in the United States and uh, growing up in classic Pentecost, of course, we knew about um, the hot springs uh, gathering, uh, hot springs, Arkansas, where, where the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the Church of God in Christ really gained their formation. Uh, we then talked prior to that about Azusa Street. We talked prior to that about... Charles Parham and Topeka, Kansas. We we talked prior to that about um, lots of other different ministries and people who were impacted by the Spirit. They had a statement. They had an impact in intercession and in practice. And then um, how that then seemed to sow a seed into the next thing. I was even reading uh, a book by uh, a, a friend of mine who has passed away. Uh, he passed away a long time ago. He was a he worked with me in the library at, at, in my college, but he was also a professor uh, at the seminary, and he wrote just an incredible, incredible uh, uh, scholar. But he he wrote about. A, uh, a visitation of the Spirit in 1830s London that you don't hear a whole lot about, but it impacted that great city. Uh, people were being healed. People were praying in unknown tongues. People were having visions. People were dancing in the Spirit. And... Um, uh, this went on for quite a while, and then um, 
as you might expect, the the governing body of the denomination that he was with gave him and his congregation the boot, and he went to another place in London, and they continued to have meetings. But then that impacted uh, something that's largely been forgotten. I, I really never knew that that had happened, not that I'm the bastion of all things knowing, but that impacted what went on in Wales. That's, that impacted what went on in Western Europe and in Sweden. And then that impacted greatly what we just talked about here in the United States with uh, all of the things that we know uh, in our, in our uh, traceable history for the founding of the Pentecostal movement. So I I said all this for the reason of speaking into what what we have encountered, what we've experienced. You know, we, let's see, it's been almost 26 years now since God really initiated um, the, the, the seeds. Uh, that's not a good phrase. Because we don't, God's had this in mind from the foundation of the world. But when God first put the burden to, to fast in this house, and then we were touched, and uh, then God was also moving in a number of you, and somehow he brought us all together. But that's, that's almost 30 years. And um, even though we're still moving vibrantly, you're getting older and things ha- things have happened that have been miraculous um incredible things that god is doing but um they've not happened in many ways in the way that i thought they would and sometimes the enemy would would come and you know there've been there've been disappointments that we've had things that have happened uh, the actions of people uh, that have perplexed us. You know, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why aren't these people here anymore? What what are they what are they doing? Why aren't they doing what they should be doing? And you can you can become, if you allow yourself to be discouraged. And you think, okay, Lord, has, um, you know, things aren't the way they were at the very beginning. You know, we don't have just great sweeps of the Spirit that just captivate everybody. But yet, we're deeper in the things of the Spirit. We're, 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 we're functional in the things of the Spirit. We are, we've been made to be fathers in the things of the Spirit. And Anytime you step into, in the natural world or the spiritual world, that type of role, with great responsibility uh, comes lots of work and a measure of action that wasn't necessarily part of you when you were a baby in these things. And, um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm very thankful for um, for 
all of you. And I, I know that I know that God is um, God is using you. God is using your intercession. Uh, I've been uh, I, I mentioned on Sunday that we did a trial run of our teachings for um, these these group groupings of teachings, these pods of teachings and. The first one that is going to be much bigger than I thought it would be is going to be about praying in the Spirit, the, what happens when you pray in the Spirit, why it's imperative that you pray in the Spirit, and then it will engage further into the, the, the topic, the various aspects of prayer and what they mean that God has shown us from his word and how you apply them in being the friends of God, you apply them in being um, the sons that God wants to commiserate with, to to, to speak with in in supplication and 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 uh, the various other facets of intercession. But I um, I saw. Um, hold on a second. Let me see. Hello. Hello. Oh, we've been joined by a voice that is that is so favored by all of you. Oh, Pastor. Please identify yourself. <laughs> this is this is the voice of of Prophetess Monica Terrell coming to us through VMix. How are you? I, I'm definitely one crying in the wilderness for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday when when my doctor told me that I wasn't out of the woods yet, I was. We were driving home, and I was thinking about what he was saying, the good things that he was saying, and then I kept hearing him say that, and and then I realized the Lord spoke to me and said, "You, you have to remember that his definition of woods is my definition of wilderness, and I'm right there with you, and you're going to be okay." So wow, I'm good. I'm good. Well. We had we had made plans to um, see if we could connect Monica up, and normally when you send out this VMix link, I can see when someone comes on because I see their face. But we're just connecting on audio, and I had no idea that she was connected. So <laughs> while I was talking, I sent a text, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, well, I should be connected, so I popped on the audio and boom there it was no i was really enjoying what you were talking about and I, I was thinking about do you know i never really thought about what happened with us 25 or more years ago as being um terrible to some of these other great moves of the spirit, like the, you know, all the things that we studied about back in that day when we studied about the, the different revivals and the different ways that the spirit moved in. And I mean, Brownsville, of course, is, is a huge one, but I never really thought about this as a movement. Because for me, even though now looking back and just hearing you talk about those different things that have happened in, in history, 
it very much is something so notable, but it's not something that came and then just kind of dwindled away. It's something that has remained constant and established and I, it, it just kind of like set a light bulb off in me just realizing that yeah that you know when you think about the you know what happened in toronto and what happened just that remember we were we watched a video once a long time ago about some place somewhere in i think the united kingdom where the move of the spirit came into this little town and their vegetables were like giant and you know all these crazy things were happening people were getting healed and they were the spirit was falling in the pubs and yeah. and you know you marvel at those kinds of things and they're amazing but what happened with us is so eternal and and so far-reaching and so deep that it's it should be written in the history books yeah. of Christianity. It really should be. So, well, you I was know, enjoying your dialogue. Well, <laughs> honestly, I uh, I was just really kind of waiting until I saw that you were on. So that was kind of a a filibuster, but I think it was I think it really is what we should be talking about today because um you know, um like that, um, I remember. I remember when I was. Uh, I'll say this quick. I was like fifteen, and I went. I I went over to England with my pastor and with a couple of other people from my church, and he would preach and we would sing, and we went around a lot of different places. But he was from Wales, and so we went into Wales, and I stayed with. A family, and there was an old man, the old grandpa was there, and he was in his 90s, but he was a part of the Welsh revival when it first hit. <clears throat> and he would get real excited. I, 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 he would talk about it, and I was just a kid. I really didn't know. I didn't know what this was or how significant that was. But he said that the spirit would come into the meeting room and people, it would be like, and this was the, the, main, the main church where the impetus was. And he was part of this just as a young man. He said it was like somebody opened the door and uh, you couldn't hear anything from in the, in the natural, but it was just like something rushed into the room and people just all over the place would begin to cry out, and some of them would fall out in the spirit. And that was the way they knew. That was the way God moved uh, among them in, in that Welsh revival. It was largely based on prayer. But he said then people would just start speaking in tongues. And he said this sweep would happen. It would go down through the cities, and people would just fall out in the street speaking in tongues. Nobody laid hands on them. Uh, all the bars and the pubs, and you know how important that is in the in the United Kingdom mindset. Those pubs are like, oh, yeah. that's the center of the city. They all closed because nobody was coming in, and the owners didn't, didn't want to be there. They wanted to be in the move of the Spirit. But then 
that lasted for a while and it may have been it may have been that may have been what you saw in that video or or when they were talking about it i don't know yeah. but then that impacted um other nations and our nation but if you go there now the evan roberts and you know the the, the churches where where they had these meetings don't have any meetings any at all. Um, that you know they're chained. If you want, if you go and visit, you have to go find the caretaker, and they'll amble up and unlock the door, and you can go in and see it. And it's not like the thing failed. It's not like the visitation amounted to nothing. Um, it was really that God was releasing something for that moment. It could have continued, but it it impacted, and then uh, it kept going. Kind of like you mentioned Brownsville. How many years? They went for about 10 years, I think. And I, I know the church is still there, but that impacted. I remember, I'm going to talk about weird things now, so any of you who or expecting chit-chat or us not to speak about weird things in the spirit. You might as well just turn it off. But I remember when we first came back from Brownsville and the the angelic was very communicative and uh, the one angel said to me that they had been assigned in Canada and in uh at the border of Quebec and Ontario, and that they had been then sent to minister to what was happening in you know, what he he didn't say the word, but I knew he meant in Brownsville. And then he said, "And we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for so that we could impart and um, and empower." what comes next and i thought well that's that's it's that's really humbling um but i do know that from the very earliest stage we recognized didn't we that this was something that wasn't just for us to have really cool meetings and for people to come here and you know want to just come to meetings it was something that was for the world. So it's well, interesting. It, yeah, I think for us, or for what God has done through the saints, through the, the movement, of course, intercession is, is the key and just the gift that he gave us to teach us to pray and to pray in the spirit and diversities of tongues. But I think just the whole principle of when we are obedient to pray in the spirit, we are opening up the mystery and the mystery is being revealed and, and just the probing in the word and getting that word established and taught is something that it will never, you know, it's never going to pass away. It's just going to, if ever we think we want to give up, that's so ridiculous because what is our calling? You know, our calling is we're called, have been 
and function in the heavens and our conversation is in heaven and to, to make intercession and to partner with the Lord Jesus and and to to see the unveiling of the mysteries here upon the earth. And through that, the establishment of the word, the understanding of the word, the interpretation of the word, and then the teaching of the word, which is making disciples. So it's just, I mean, shame on us for ever thinking, you know what, God's finished. You know, we're, we're languishing here. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're you're right, but but you you hit on something that I think the enemy would want that the, that the enemy would want to install as our perspective, which is which is a characteristic of so many of these movements that I was speaking about um, at a time when they should have perhaps, and I'm not faulting anybody, stepped into a role of. Uh, an Elijah type of a thing for the next things that happened or to be willing to do it. So many of these folks just thought, okay, you know, that that's it. Some of them got discouraged. Others just kind of faded. Several of them died. It was just weird. Um, but, um, and, and you know, I, I have to admit that the enemy has brought those kinds of thoughts to me. Now we're busy. You know this. We are busy working for the things of the spirit. We're we've not stopped. We're we're pressed. This is a year of great grace. But that doesn't that doesn't cause the enemy not to try to dissuade you, you know? Yeah. And um and I, I'm not gonna say too much because I'll get lectures from people. But um you know, I have to. I have to believe that what what God allowed us to share in Him has had an impact on this city. That we were through the intercession, the outrageous intercession, just in this city that we've done. The many times we prayed through the city, the many things we did as activation downtown, that somehow it impacted other movements it's not for it's not for our or other churches or other visitations it's it's not for our glory i mean you don't it's like that rick pino song pioneer you know others will come they'll be bigger and better in the natural and um it'll be quicker more effective but you know somebody has to pioneer and and i think that that is kind of an apostolic uh, that's kind of an apostolic mission. Um, you know, it's like Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. And I think that in, in a lot of nations, we are we're not only being given the task of planting, but in some in some ways we're going to see those next phases as Elijah's to Elisha's that um, and we're starting to see that now so I'm just rambling here obviously it's good rambling it's good rambling and I I mean I certainly wasn't in no in no way 
disputing the the way that the enemy tries to cause us to think that we're finished or failed or anything like that. I know that's a very real thing. I'm just trying to affirm, I guess, or encourage that it's not finished till God says it's finished. Yeah. <laughs> and well. we have the very best thing. We we just we have this treasury that is timeless, eternal. And no matter how it looks in the natural to him, well, it, it's the best thing. So many years as as a pastor or anybody that's in leadership, you or anybody else that's in leadership, you find the disparity between expectation and reality. Right. Now, I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about people's expectations. And that's really where the enemy hits a lot of people. If, if the expectation does not meet reality, sometimes people then become bitter. Sometimes they blame other people. Sometimes they, they act on that. Their iniquity feeds on that failure of, uh, of expectation. And, they, and then they either blame themselves or they blame other people. And I think from the very beginning, the things God has given to us as saints have been things that we really didn't expect. I mean, we knew he was going to do things, but not in the way we, well, I just speak for me, yeah. not in the way I really thought he would. And um, I think that God is really doing what exactly what he said he would do, and we just need to keep being obedient and pray and wait for uh the tasks that that he brings to us so that we can obey and keep moving. So now, one of the things that you and I discussed prior to this broadcast was um, the, um, the measure of the pure language and healing. And I don't know whether you want to share anything about what you have been sensing in that regard. Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> this morning, I, you know, we, we've all been on this pathway together. And I think we would all agree that this last season... These last actually few years, but particularly, I would say, post of 2021, um, things have been a little sticky, a little difficult, a little challenging for a lot of us in different ways. And with the onslaught of, of the new COVID variant and um, just a lot of things that are happening around us in the world that, that, that do find their way to infill homes and into our churches that it's been a continuous pattern of overcoming and God is in it and and the Lord has really shown himself strong in the midst of our weaknesses and that's been such a to me such a powerful thing to see amongst the saints but um, just these last couple of weeks I guess I would say 
um, I've been really incredibly burdened to pray for a lot of the needs of the saints, just like you have. And every day I get messages and I get calls or words about, you know, please pray she's got COVID or, um, you know, Robin, sweet Robin's in the hospital battling what she's battling. I know the Carters are battling some physical um, issues and facing some surgery. And Dion has been down with her back in the back surgery and has had a remarkable recovery. But it's um, it's been I mean, it's been a battle. Mm -hmm. It's been a fight and it's been really just incredible ways that the Lord has enabled us to overcome. And um, so this morning, Dion and I were connecting because we've been connecting every day, just really praying for one another for the things that we've been experiencing. And, and, and she shared with me some of the, the, the struggles that she was having physically post-op. She's doing great. I, I want to say that she's been a champion through this whole thing, but it's still a struggle. And, and so I just began to, like I normally do, I just began to speak into her and, and declare, decree, you know, the things that we prophetically do to speak life over her body and restoration, and, and uh, which I fully believe in. And the, the Spirit just kind of stopped me. And, and I, I heard the Lord just draw me, or I, I sensed the Lord draw me into, really into my heavenly seat where my language is heavenly. And he began to remind me of what he's put in me and how he's called us to connect with him in that place and really drew me into, sorry, my phone. That's all right. Into a time of spiritual, inter, you know, just spiritual intercession, just intercession. And he really, I, I knew that it was focused and it was focused on, on the healing and the restoration of my fellow saint and for so many that are struggling. And I just stayed in that place of, of diversities of tongues of intercession and the, the flowing. And I, I heard the Lord in my spirit speak about the pure language. And, and it was almost like I was tapping his heart, but I was tapping like this anointing of the pure language. And I felt like that was the answer for us in this hour. And, and I, I, it's still resonating within me. Like we have got to pray in the spirit. Not only that, we need some focus intercession where we just block everything out and go into that place and allow the spirit of God to pray through us this pure language that will restore, that will heal. And, and so that all happened right before I connected with you, Pastor. And so um, you began to tell me about some of the conversations that you've had this morning, and it just completely connected. And I, I know the Lord is speaking um, that, you know, you, it's easy to say, I feel like he's drawing us into a deeper level of intercession. But that's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying there is something for us to tap in the pure language that is going to release healing and restoration for this hour. And I don't know what that looks like for us as the body. I mean, I almost feel like we need to designate an hour 
you know, one hour or whatever, you know, Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour, one hour where we all, no matter where we are, we all come together and, and honor and, and pray together in the spirit and, and tap into this for the release of it. It's like, it's like there's a release and, and I just, I see it. So that's, that's what I was sharing with you. Hmm. Well, that's that's uh, that is certainly something that I believe we should should stand in in accord concerning, and that that's one of the things that that in my research, my looking into these various movements, even even going back earlier than the, the uh, late seventeen hundreds. Uh, you know, some of the there were some revivals that happened in um, in uh, the Ukraine in the 1500s, where people were prophesying and speaking in tongues, uh, and and even some of the things that happened earlier than that. There was a there was a guy who uh, um, was in in Russia of all places, and he. He was, he would spend hours in prayer, and um, people would see him, and there was such a bright light upon his head, and coming out of his eyes, he would prophesy to them about, um, you know, why they had come. Uh, he would tell them what why they had come to him when he had no way of knowing that and people would be overwhelmed by the spirit many of them would just have visions and speak in tongues but lots of them would just be healed and that really wasn't the reason they came and and i guess where i'm going with this is one of the patterns that i'm seeing is that this where there's a visitation of the Spirit and where there is uh, the release of spiritual languages and vision and different manifestations as either seen or heard, um, there is regularly a an impact of healing. And it's not the focus of people. It becomes the focus of people because... Um, you know, even somebody who doesn't have an interest in the things of the Spirit, and boy, aren't there a lot of them. Everybody wants to be healed. And and so you'd have people that then come and they're wanting to be healed, and um, that becomes the emphasis. And God is good about that, but his objective is for them to receive what he's doing in the Spirit realm, which is eternal, giving glory to Jesus, uh, turning their life over to him, being used by him. But um, that measure of healing was something that was not sought first, but was a result of the visitation of the Spirit, which often was accompanied by visions, dreams, and regularly uh, unknown, unknown tongues. And singing in the spirit, uh, some there was one a couple of ladies in London in the 1830s 
who have become so overwhelmed by the things of the Spirit that they would they that, that, that <laughs> people said that they actually gave concerts in 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 the Spirit. They they would just sing a whole. Uh, you know, just an entire progression of that. But I guess let's connect this then with something that I think it really is connected with. On the day of Pentecost, we focus on speaking in tongues. We also see that the Cretes, the Arabians, and all the other people that were there said that they heard in their languages people speaking about the megas works of God. In other words, this was for the purpose of telling them what God wanted to do in their land. Because megas is that fifth dimension of the power of this power word in the New Testament. It means the spread. It's what Jesus said, uh, that greater works will you do than because I'm going to my father. So that happened. But there were two other things that don't often get associated with this. The first is the sound of a rushing wind. And I think that that was God just opening up all of the storehouses of of spiritual possibility to his ecclesia and also they were hearing things with all of the types of intercession that was going on from history to the future because there's there's no yesterday today and forever you know the alpha god's is this, the beginning and the end what's going on in the in uh, the temple of the tabernacle i think they it was an invitation into the things of the spirit but then that flames of fire on their heads um, of course, that means their mind had to be submitted. Of course, that meant it was a, a demonstration of the ways of God with judgment and then burning. Um, that the completed work of Christ was was being impacted, and that's that's part of the um, that's part of uh, the judgment and burning. But I also think. What else does fire represent? And we've studied this. We wrote wrote books on it. You know, people wanted to touch and be touched so that fire would be kindled in them, the haptos, so that they would be healed. If I can touch the hem of his garment, if I can be ignited by fire there. But children would have their gifts activated when Jesus touched them and bless them. Um, things were purified. Things were brought to a point of restoration. Uh, situations were cleansed and brought to life. And so, yes, it means that we're submitting our mind to the Spirit, but it also means all these other things. And I think that is the connection with healing in tongues that maybe we haven't put enough emphasis on and perhaps at this point it's as you've just prophetically said it's time to focus on that or to believe for it 
Yeah, I wonder too. I mean, when you think about pure language, and I've not studied this out, but you know, what does fire do? It purifies. And there has to be some connection there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's interesting too because on Sunday I was I wasn't able to be in the house of the Lord, but I was here and connecting and um I was praying early and the Lord had given me a word for the church in Fort St. John because they they've been struggling with some sickness and and obvious you know the obvious things that they've been struggling with and and I as I was in intercession the Lord showed me Vicky and and she was she was not just touching the hem of his garment she like had a she said she had a grip on it like she, and so I just sent her a quick word and I said Vicky I see you holding on to the hem of, of his garment don't let go it, I mean it was just a quick word in passing because that's what the Lord had shown me and we all do that just out of obedience because we stay connected that way and and um, so I definitely think there's there's a thread here that the Lord is saying for us on behalf of the many things that we're facing physically and in, in, in every way and um, it, to me, it's it's exciting. I also, as I was praying this morning, and this is we touched on this a little bit on Saturday when we were doing our French study, but the Lord began to speak prophetically about the stylos, about the pillar, and um, as I was praying this morning, and and it was you know it was such a flow of the spirit, and I was trying to get a grasp of what God was wanting to do, and. And I could see saints, you know, positioned all over the world as pillars where, you know, you're established in the place where God has called you to stand. You are, you are there moving in influence and authority before the throne and you are drawing resources from heaven. And so, you know, as much as it would be so wonderful for all of us to be able to gather together and have just this blowout time of divers intercession on behalf I feel like it's very strategic that we call the saints from all over the world at a certain time to be that pillar, you know, to stand and to, to, to draw um, from what God, you know, just from the resources that, that, that God is, is really has intended to provide for us. So I don't know, Pastor. <laughs> wow. That, that's good. That's good. Um, I, I think we should do that. Because, you know, we can look at our circumstance. I mean, I, I'm at home, and this was not expected. This is not what I had intended for the first month of 2022 to look like. But nonetheless, this is where I am, and I have got to go. You know, I have got to press in so hard. And, and function in the way God has called me to function in this hour of breakthrough, this hour of transition and not lose one moment because I'm down and can't walk. And so no matter where we're positioned and no matter what we're dealing with, I think we need to remember who we are and what God's put in us and know that that power base is in you. And just being obedient to it and letting his dunamis flow through your weakness is just, it's, it's, it, it's, 
intending to manifest in this hour. Mm. So. Wow. Well, uh, while you were, while you were speaking and I was listening intently as I was, <laughs> I employed the other half of my brain and was studying a bit about that pure, the pure and pure language that you reference in Zephaniah, not Zechariah, but Zephaniah three, verse nine. And it's interesting um, that this was used. Uh, inherently to purify metal, to make it shine, and it was used predominantly to talk about weapons and arrowheads. Uh, it meant to separate things, um, f- uh, things that were common from things that were precise and exquisite, um, and it and it spoke about them then being bright, basically from a reflective standpoint, from a shining and a reflecting of some other source of luminance. And so, um, yeah, it does mean to be clean. Yeah, it does need to be pure in the standpoint that we would uh, that we would express. But it it meant basically the things that I that I just said. So. So does that, I mean, are they purified by fire? Well, yeah, those, the the metals are. Could the illumination be from fire? It could be, or from simply the light of the Lord. Yeah. Um, So what's it say there? I will turn to the people, uh, wait, for then will I turn to the people a pure language. That's a weird wording. Uh, you would think turn, return, overturn, change is what that word means. So basically, I am going to bring about a change in that the people will have a pure language, that the language itself will be this kind of reflection of the light and the fire of the Lord, and that it would be exquisite, Um, it would create um, something that really serves because every one of these things I just mentioned in themselves are, are beautiful, but they're made for the purpose of serving. They're made for the purpose of warfare. They're made for the purpose of serving royalty or, or a, a royal intent. Um, so, Maybe as we focus and welcome that pure language in in prophetic obedience, I believe we've done this to some degree over the years, but but maybe this is a prophetic declarative for us that we need to believe God uh, for this, and um, we hearken to the directive and, and believe for it. Amen. Because, I mean, imagine, I mean, and I'll just use myself. For me to pray on behalf of my own restoration, my own healing, to know that that's not just so that I can skip and jump and do CrossFit. 
that's so that I can serve in the army of the Lord. That's so that I can fulfill my calling and purpose as a saint. And so to, to think that, I mean, you talk about God turning our weakness into his dunamis. Imagine just the reality that as we go before him and make intercession and allow him to pray through us this pure language, it's, it's transforming my spirit and me who I am into a warrior or into um, a, a refined one that can walk the saintly calling. And there's just such purpose in everything God does hmm. and everything that he requires of us to walk through. I, I just, I love that. Yeah, that is you know, good. You can overcome, you can battle and overcome anything for a purpose. You know, if you don't have a vision or a purpose, it's you flounder, you know, what's it worth? And there's a lot of people in that, in that place, but yeah. Wow. Well, um, we wow, recognize we recognize that there are a lot of people, as you mentioned, who are in need of a touch from God. Um, there, there, there. Many are facing pain right now. Many are facing um, challenges in their body in other ways. Uh, I know that one of our brothers in the Saints is uh, undergoing surgery today on his eye. Uh, and uh, this discussion today has been uh, is has been fruitful in its expression of prophetic truth and understanding, but it is also, um, you know, the scripture says uh, we didn't come with excellency of speech, but with the demonstration of the spirit and power. We came with both. Um, so what we've been saying, I believe, is true. I know we know it's true. But um, there's also a demonstration of the spirit and of power that God is wanting to release right now into your life, whoever you are. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not by might or by power, but by God's Spirit. And God's Spirit is with you right now. So in Jesus' name, we are in agreement from here in Dallas that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon you and that the fire of the Spirit would illuminate your life even the place where you are listening to this broadcast, and that that fire would ignite within you that purpose that God has put within you from the foundation of the world that you've committed your life to, and that you would be free physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, familially, in Jesus' name, let the fire of God make you whole and well in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anything you want to pray or declare? I just am in absolute agreement with what you just spoke. And I think that just the apostolic anointing was just flowing through you to really um, 
lift us up and press us forward. And I'm just very thankful for that. Wow. So I receive it on behalf of all of the saints. Yeah. You know, I can just speak on your behalf. Um, I was not happy at all with what happened to you last Sunday for many reasons. And um, it's just not acceptable. But I appreciate your faith and your, you haven't complained at all. Of course, I'm not with you all the time. (laughs) But, you know, um, the enemy tried to stop something. But when he came in one way, he is definitely fleeing in seven. Amen. And so we, we as the Saints Network speak um, a quick and perfect knitting of the bones and any, um, any tendon and ligament and muscle, muscles, muscles. muscles. <laughs> uh, that's what Popeye said, my muscles. Somebody bring me some spinach. <laughs> So uh, we speak that life and health and vitality. And, you know, while you're there in your home, uh, the Lord's been talking to you about these things. And uh, I believe that it's for it's for the body. It's for the work that we have to do as saints. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful. So thankful. Well, as you said, it's it's almost uh, it's almost uh, an hour. Um, let's see, what can we announce? The Saints' uh, first Saturday prayer report was made available this weekend. It should be something that you can access and read and be be blessed by. I know I certainly have been and continue to be. Um, we, uh, we're looking forward to seminar in a little over two months. So, um, please make plans to be with us. Uh, also, I, on July, on January 30th, the last Sunday of this month, during the Sunday school hour here, we're going to be releasing the first session of um, these pods of uh, Saints Network teaching that will will then form a uh, somewhat of a library in English, but also will be translated into French and Portuguese initially. And so we want you to be a part of it. You know, I mentioned on Sunday that um, Scott and I worked uh, this past Saturday, and we learned a lot of things <laughs> about what what w- needed to happen uh, in in production, and and so even though we labored for a couple of hours, that was just more of a training session. We didn't expect it to be that way, but um, we'll do the the first one January thirtieth, and. Again, for those of you who can watch it live, it'll be during the Sunday School Hour, and then uh, it will be uh, on archive for you. So 
We want to pray about that. We want the direction of the Lord because this is an extension of our ministry in making disciples. But um, we thought that it might be a good thing since we're going to have to do it again anyway. We've got work to do with our lighting and adjustments on the cameras and um, what we need to have for microphone, or as Luke would say, the microphone. Um, So just mark that down. We'll talk more about that later. All right. Well, thank you, Monica, for joining us uh, on this vMix link. It's one of the benefits of this new equipment we have. It's just such a blessing to be able to do You're so. still there? I have a little, yeah, I have a little box. <laughs> the Lord has taken her. She's gone. Oh, my gosh. But oh thanks, my gosh. For, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow again for uh, Wednesday Night Live. Until then, God bless you and goodbye.